to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Watch your back, Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. I'm Captain Catherine Janeway of the USS Voyager. Captain Catherine Janeway of the USS Voyager. Welcome to The Greatest Generation. It's a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys just a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison. Sorry about that gulp. That was a loud gulp. I'm going to edit out that gulp. It was disgusting. Okay, good. I wouldn't want the I wouldn't want the friends of DeSoto to hear what it sounds like when a beverage goes down my throat. I wouldn't want to give anyone the impression that there are two human beings making this show with all the <laughs> the biological maladies that human beings have. Mhm. Yeah. Just two decaying bags of meat yeah. sitting here yelling into microphones about Star Trek. Needing to take emergency shit breaks between episodes. <laughs> that's, that's the live show energy you bring to a record. That's, yeah. That's what I think. That's, that's the live show energy that you bring to the live show. <laughs> You're just solid as Sears, aren't you? I've, uh, I've had a couple of live shows where I was pretty... I was in pretty rough shape, W slash R slash T needing to pee, but I have, I've never walked off stage to deal with that. You eat so much worse than me on tour. <laughs> and by that, I mean better than me because you're, you're eating the interesting and the spicy and whatnot. And I'm taking great care to show some compassion mm-hmm. to this GI track. Yeah. And if, uh, I don't know, the moment something a little bit interesting touches my tongue, the whole system falls apart. You know, I think that you, you're like a Democrat and your GI tract is like a Republican and you, you spend so much time working at like bipartisanship and appeasement and trying to, to treat, treat your GI tract as though it's, it's acting in good faith when we both know it's not. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, uh, I've been thinking all this time I've been meeting my digestive system in the middle when in reality, I've been meeting, moving closer and closer to the toilet. It's pulling you toward the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the American worker that suffers, Adam. It's true. <laughs> How are you doing over there? I'm good, man. I was uh, I was brought to tears last night. You sent me a... Uh, I, I don't... Uh, I don't have Discord logged in on my phone, so I didn't get this, but... Uh, Neither do I. The head of the DrunkShimoda.com Discord group, who we know by uh, the handle jpoop69, sent you and me uh, a website uh, that they, they the, the friends of DeSoto over there made on our behalf, and uh, it got to me through you, but it's just, uh, it's just kind of... It, I, I don't... Uh, Maybe a Pinterest is a thing to compare it to. It's just kind of like a little collection of notes from uh, different friends of DeSoto uh, saying nice things about our show. It was really great. I hadn't logged into the Discord in a while. Uh, I think the last time I was there, I spent like three hours doing an impromptu Q&A just (laughs) because I was warming up dinner or whatever. Had a great experience with that. It had been several weeks. And then when I popped back in yesterday, Jay Poop was like, hey, we made this for you. And I clicked on the link and I was was as blown away as you were. Just, I don't know how many people might know this problem, but, you know, like the advice is just never read the comments. And I think... To an extent, you and I have been pretty good about that, because whenever you do, you're you're 
invariably going to hit the landmine comment that like makes all the good stuff go away. Yeah, there's the, there's a weird imbalance in the like weight of comments, and sometimes we get constructive criticism, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate that. And I feel like we have yeah. grown as broadcasters from like trying to hear people when they you know express something to us that we like may not have realized was like going on with the show or whatever and uh and that's all fine but then i mean speaking of bad faith <laughs> sometimes uh adam's gi tract will will spout off and right. uh, just be a total shit to us and uh there is an occasional redditor that speaks from that perspective it's it's, <laughs> it's we're very human when it comes to like reading mean shit about ourselves and uh it was so so nice to see just a page full of comments that were curated uh to be uh, you know people's sincerely expressed appreciations of what we do a collection of things people say about you that you don't have to look at through your hands over your eyes you know <laughs> it was really really sweet and uh you know J Poop and and Co have been running the show over on the Discord for quite a while and have put together a really fun and positive community over there like and and very chatty very like, chatty I, Super I take a week engaged. or so off from from the Discord and when I pop back in so many new conversations have happened between so many people Yeah it's really cool what they got going on over there and um you know the other part of this is that it's always easy to forget the time i call my friend adam once a week to try to make him laugh at some puerile sex pun i'm making with a star trek alien's name uh then goes out into the world and has like impacts on other people's lives and it's uh it's really uh it's really awesome to hear from those people it's the best the the thing that i when i sent you the link what i told you was bookmark this for when you lose your way yeah. And I know I bookmarked it for that reason. It's uh, really, really sweet. So uh, thank you to uh, the whole DrunkShimoda.com Discord for being uh, for really being great. And um, thanks to all the friends of DeSoto uh, for really being great. Because I think that uh, a, a true friend of DeSoto is here for the positive vibes and the, and the fun and the goof arounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, J Poop, and everyone else who participated in that. Ben, speaking of losing your way, <laughs> boy, oh boy, do we have an episode about that. Yeah. A, a, an, an episode that is inside this overall arc, I think we could describe as the summer of Chicote. <laughs> <laughs> Chicote boy summer. <laughs> yeah. We are getting to know a lot about him mm-hmm. in Star Trek Voyager, season two, episode 11. Maneuvers. Reverse course. Unless you've got something a little bigger in your torpedo tubes. I'm not turning around. <laughs> so, uh, Chakotay Boy Summer started with BLT kicking his ass in Hoverball, apparently. <laughs> I wonder if Star Trek learned its lesson by showing sports in the early seasons of Deep Space Nine, specifically, in that <laughs> they just wanted to talk about it and not show it. Yeah. I mean, Anbo Jitsu... Not a uh, super convincing martial art. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's taken it back the, to the uh, TNG days. And there's also like phaser ball or whatever that uh, Picard and Riker would do and Picard and Guinan would play. Yeah, but uh, racquetball in, in DS9. 
I guess darts looked okay. Racquetball looked a little bit crappy. Yeah. Parisi Square is always one that really, like, fascinates me because it's always referenced as being, like, incredibly dangerous. And I really wonder what, in a post-scarcity society, motivates a person to subject themselves to the kind of danger that Parisi Squares is reputed to right to wield. <laughs> of course there's real fencing. There's real fencing. We, yeah. we got some of that. But you got like show. armor and shit and real fencing. Parisi Squares, you're just letting it all hang out. You saw you saw the uniforms like when Yar and, and Worf were like heading I think is that the yeah. the Binars episode when they're headed to play Parisi so, yeah. Squares? Yeah. That shit is no joke. Mm-hmm. Ben, is it your understanding that Chakotay and BLT changed after the hoverball game into these burlap sacks? Or do burlap sacks, are those the official uniform of hoverball? Yeah, I love that uh, I love that the uh, BLT version of this includes a loose vest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I think you're just gonna be swimming in that. That's gonna get who knows how you play hoverball, though? You might not even play that with your arms. Yeah, the rules and uh, and and method of hoverball remain somewhat mysterious to us. We just have to take their <laughs> word for it that that's what they were doing in the holodeck. Speaking of of mysterious, they're talking to each other in a way that is very suggestive. I had you right where I wanted you. We don't know that they're talking about hoverball mm-hmm. as they have this conversation. It sounds like. It could be full of entendre here. I was ahead. Yeah, and given the recent uh, visit they had from the alien that had everybody, like, believing they were talking to their various Tom's Mervins, you know, and and BLT fantasizing about getting down with Chakotay. BLT has seen Chakotay's hover balls. (laughs) Maybe, Adam, this is just a thought, maybe... It is on Tundra. Maybe hoverball is is code for fucking. Yeah, I get it. Coffee does not mean coffee. Coffee means sex. This is the suggestion. <laughs> yeah. She invited me up to an apartment for hoverball, and I said, no, it'll keep me up if I have hoverball this late. <laughs> I'm ready to treat this and all subsequent references to hoverball as sex going yeah. forward we got to remember that it's, it's <laughs> just like becoming a being of pure energy yeah. <laughs> is code for orgasm <laughs> we know this to be what hoverball means yeah yeah their hoverball game has been interrupted by uh, a need on the bridge so they get on the turbo lift and head straight there wearing these burlap sacks the urgency is because uh the bridge crew has detected a beacon that uses a federation signal and that's weird there is speculation that the Federation has figured out a way to get a beacon out here, but uh, the revelation that it's a Federation signal is a Chicote eyes to commercial, and I could not help but interpret Robert Beltran's acting choice here as Chicote thinking to himself, well, the jig is up, I'm going to be arrested. It's a subtext that is only apparent in this moment and no other moments in the episode. And I (laughs) wish that was the subtext to the entire thing. Like, do they want to be contacted by the Federation? Does a large (laughs) faction of the crew members want this? Right. And and a large faction stands to have pretty intense disciplinary shit happen to them. <laughs> there should be a uh, there should be a mirror universe episode of Voyager where they make it home and the Mayquise won. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I would love that. And they're like, uh, wow, this is not really how we thought this was going to play out. But it turns out Janeway and Tuvok are arrested and Chakotay and BLT are going like, I know that they were on the Federation side before this all happened, but like they really like we think that they shouldn't be arrested. <laughs> Cal Hudson's alive. <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking commandant of. Uh, he's the emperor of Maquisia. Yeah. So we've spent many minutes talking about a 50 second cold open. One of the quickest in memory. Yeah. Out of the break. The feeling on the bridge is how hopeful everyone is. There's coffee and your optimism. Yeah, this is a very uh, season one feeling of of hope built up and then snatched away, right? Snatched away or or slowly moving itself into a cloud, as it were, because <laughs> as they come up upon this beacon or bois... Prepare a buoy and launch it when ready. Warning buoys. An emergency buoy. A warning buoy. I don't even know what the difference is between beacons and bois anymore. It feels like they do the same thing. This guy has uh, has slowly drifted into a, a gaseous cloud, and it seems dangerous to chase in there after it, especially because it is revealed that Kazon Raiders are in there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's a trap. The Kazon Raider is closing at 158 Mark 9. The Kazons, having gotten the jump on the Voyager, have rendered it too damaged to warp away. They damage the warp field and then they like repeatedly phaser the shield in one spot and are like widening a hole in the in the shield. And we watch as a Kazon shuttle plunges through that hole and and uh, and then a massive banger, like a Kim Friedman level banger, gets dropped on this ship. This banger could only be measured in Friedmans. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, deck four is in bad shape. It turns into like a raiding party. Three Kazon hop out of this thing. It's like punched into a cargo bay. They get one of them, but the other two make it out into the hallway and Tuvok catches up with them in the transporter room. Here's a pull quote, Ben. Mm. I love penetrative Star Trek. <laughs> because, you, like, remember that episode of Deep Space Nine where the, the torpedo lodges into the hull mm-hmm. and, and Quark is right next to it and needs to defuse it? I love that stuff. Yeah. Give me more ship-on-ship action. This is a, a rhyme that was bit by uh, Star Trek Beyond as well. I like this rhyme. Bring back this couplet, you know? Sample this. I'm a Star Trek fan and my beats are sick. I love when a shuttle penetrates the ship, (laughs) etc., etc. This is a fairly breathlessly paced moment because as soon as they recognize that the ship has been boarded, Tuvok grabs a Dustbuster Club, meets these intruders in the cargo bay, and then we basically whip pan into the transporter room because this thing happening in the cargo bay is just a distraction for these other Kazon who are ripping parts out of the wall inside the cargo bay, hopping onto the pad and beaming off. Oh, I thought it was the same two dudes that were in the cargo bay that didn't get shot, ran straight for the transporter room, stole the transporter module, and got away with it. Um, I... Because how would they get on the ship otherwise? There's only one shuttle. I've gone on record as being a Kazon racist. I can't tell them apart. (laughs) (laughs) But it strains credulity that that you could get from the cargo bay to the transporter room in the amount of time that we see here in this episode. This is a total Star Trek convention Q&A question. 
Um, in, in Star Trek Voyager Season 2, Episode 11, Maneuvers, can you tell me how exactly the Kazon were able to get from the ship penetration scene to the transporter room and the amount of time depicted on the episode? Listen, I've looked at schematics of the ship in transporter room 2. is not on deck 4, but that's where the, the ship penetrated the hull. Uh, and, then, and then and then also they, they transport, transport away with the transporter, transporter module, module uh, presumably, presumably uh, using, using the transporters, transporters aboard the Voyager because the Kazon at this point don't have transporter technology. technology. But then, but then Tuvok, Tuvok is asked by the captain to transport the module back and he says, no, sorry, because they took the module, the transporters no longer work. So what's going on here? Get a life. But at the same time, Tuvok runs from the from the cargo bay to the transporter room, Dustbuster out. Right. Without having enough time to shoot them before they leave. So there must be an elliptical edit in there. Yeah. I think we solved it. <laughs> I don't have to like it, though. Yeah. So they get on FaceTime, and uh, and we get uh, Maj Kulla, uh, who, we've, who we've met before, Kazan Nistrum extraordinaire i didn't recognize him though again case on racist but <laughs> I, I eventually put it together yeah as long as he's not an ogla i just assume he is a generic case on are you able to at this moment in time tell the difference between the case on sex based on appearance do they have different coloring in their pine cone hair or their uniforms in a way that telegraphs this to you because i'm not there yet oh there's a there's an implication at one point later that like that that is something that we could be doing like seeing yeah because neelix cops that that bracelet on the guy later right yeah but like i mean we did a war movie podcast for like three years and i still can't really tell what rank someone is in the army (laughs) based on what their uniform looks like so i'm i'm a bad person to ask you know if it's not pips i don't get it that wasn't the most difficult part of that show. <laughs> <laughs> so first, Maj Kulla. It may be surprising enough to just see him on the screen, but but he's got a flair for the dramatic. He steps out of the way and reveals Seska. Yeah. Who is now fully embracing her Cardassianness. Yeah. In this scene, she kind of uh, reminded me of Gul Dukat's daughter in this yeah. moment because she is. She says she's like working her, her way back toward her. Cardassian face, but like it's 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 uh, not all the way along. And she's about at the halfway point between a Bajoran and a Cardassian. Seska has been given four rolls of quarters, <laughs> has been dropped off outside the video arcade, and the only game inside is the Chicote ball kicking machine. <laughs> because in this scene, she pumps quarter after quarter after quarter into this thing, and Chicote is made to be kicked. Hello, Chicote. Repeatedly. I should have known you were involved. Yes, you should have. In front of everyone on the bridge. You've always been so predictable. And it is so embarrassing. Yeah. It is crushing to watch this happen. To a character I didn't give a shit about up until five episodes ago when he started making fun faces. And now I ride for Chakotay. I don't like seeing this at all. I know. Like, it seems like a th- like if you think about like Commander Riker, he would never be given the job of putting a tractor beam on someone. And if he did, it would work. Like uh, <laughs> Riker does not blow it with the tractor beam. No. And and he just he really gets his pants pulled down in this scene. 
It's pretty brutal. And I mean, we've seen Tuvok cut a calm line before during. <laughs> if I'm Chakotay, I'm looking back at Tuvok like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Really? <laughs> can you uh can hold, you please hold help me out for your boy a little yeah. bit? <laughs> like he turn he looks back at Tuvok and Tuvok holds up like a like a sandwich bag full of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> I've got next game. We cut from this scene of great embarrassment to the cargo bay where the where the bridge crew is a mix of pissed and impressed with what the Kazon have done there. Yeah. The uh they they like modified a Kazon ship to be a hole punch. It's got like a very pointy nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it could penetrate the outer hull of a Starfleet ship. <laughs> Not to mention the inner hull. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is like the first problem they have to deal with. They describe it as a knife in their belly because before uh, and until this ship is pulled out they aren't going to be able to go to warp or even repair the warp drive so so this is job one and this really this really feels like the voyager crew are scrambling like there was a certain resignation toward the end of the previous scene as the ball kicking machine just relentlessly kicked over and over again (laughs) into chakotay's balls and it's like okay we've caught our breath and now and now it's the ship's balls being kicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun reminder that the ship is a sitting duck and also that there's a difference, right? It's almost like the difference between like magical damage and physical damage. Right. Damaging a ship's shields are one thing, but to damage its actual structure, preventing it from going to warp. I don't feel like we see scenes like this very much in Star Trek. Yeah, it feels unique and scary and... Giving voice to that is actually Neelix going like, hey, um, I know I'm just a guy, but uh, maybe we shouldn't like chase the guys that just did this to us. Like they completely fucked our ship up and maybe we should just take the L and continue on our 75 year voyage back to the Aquat. <laughs> and right. the captain is like, listen to me, you little piece of shit. That's that's our transporter. Can you imagine how fucked up this quadrant is going to be if we leave one piece of technology like that? How exactly does that help the morale of the situation, Neelix? What the (laughs) fuck? And what are you even doing here? Shouldn't you be in the mess hall making dinner? Yeah. Are you here to learn about a new technique for punching holes in things? We need this scene, though, because we need it articulated in this sense, that it's a balance of power problem. Right. That needs solving. And so even though the ship is crippled, doesn't have the upper hand in any way. They've got to chase down this traceable warp field that Seska's fleeing ship has left. And Chakotay already is like a little paranoid about this. He, he's he got some game-recognized game with Seska. You know, the ball kicking on the bridge notwithstanding. He believes this is a trick. Yeah. I mean, uh, this was already a trick. And the uh, the easy-to-follow warp signature that was left behind just seems like another element of it. So he is suggesting, like, hey, let's let's kind of try and think outside the box and think about the fact that she's one step ahead of us right now. We've, we've got to think about, like, how to make ourselves unpredictable by her. Chakotay looks at Tuvok and is like, you know what would have been uh, unpredictable is you killing the comlink. <laughs> When Seska was kicking me in the balls a couple of minutes ago, man. Yeah. You are killing me right now. 
<laughs> but Tuvok in his own right is like, look, man, you know, phasers and photon torpedoes aren't our only weapons here. Like emotional warfare can go both ways. So maybe instead of you being the recipient of the ball kicks, maybe you can start doling them out by taking some control over your own emotional ammunition and, right. and see if you can't, if we were to confront Seska again, uh, shoot some of those shots. Not everyone, Mr. Chicote, keeps their balls in the same place. Right. <laughs> Have you ever considered that? Over on the Kazon ship, we get uh, Kala's perspective on the thing. Yeah, this is a very... Um, we kill the Batman scene with uh, Kala kind of pitching to Heron, who is the mage of another Kazon group. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, we got this transporter, and this is this is just the beginning. Like, we could start to really take in, uh, control over this quadrant if we if we started stealing all of the cool technology on that ship. And that ship it's headed right for us. Do you think Kulla has to be dumb in relation to Seska for this story to work? Like, do you think it's impossible for both Seska and Kulla to be smart? Because it feels like they set Kulla up to be the dumb being manipulated by Seska yeah. throughout. I mean, he is he's an interesting character because he, he doesn't seem like a thousand percent dumb. He's not pack-led dumb. He's just not... He doesn't have guile in a way that you would expect the head of a big group like this to have. He's so orthodox Kazon, though, that he can't help but be blinded by that. And, right. and it makes him do dumb things. Yeah. And, and it and, makes him easily manipulated by someone like Seska. Yeah, like Seska, you have to assume, is like obsidian order and really trained in the ways of subterfuge. So, And Seska already has a number of reps you know, usurping the orthodoxy, both as a Mayquiz and also in her getaway from the Voyager, right? Like she's right. got two W's in that column in this sort of warfare. Right. So so she has some expertise to lean on. Back on the Voyager, they're working out a way to find the transporter coil. They've got to come up with a sort of corpse compass or something to <laughs> to figure out where it is specifically when they when they get there. Corpse compass or equivalent is right. what the rental car company would call it. What is it? What do they call this thing? Like a coil oscillator or something like that? We modify this coil scanner to detect the oscillator. It looks like a fucking prop that they pulled out of the TOS prop closet. It's like a flashlight with a red dome glued to the top of it. I thought it looked pretty good. And you got to act like it's got some heft. So when BLT wings this thing around in the scene with Chakotay, like it looks like she's holding something substantial. Yeah. And I definitely noticed when she was uh, manipulating a cylindrical object while in close quarters with Chakotay. I know what that means. Looks <laughs> like they're going to go play some hoverball. Yeah. Uh, BLT is basically like, you okay, Chakotay? And uh, Chakotay has to admit he is not. He has not recovered from the ball kicking. Yeah. This was uh, really, I mean, like, talk about your all-time bad breakups. He uh, confesses that he and, uh, and Seska got it on. They were more than just co-workers. It seems a little rare in Star Trek to be this direct with the description. Mm -hmm. And I found that refreshing. I did too. I think uh, BLT and Chakotay have a really interesting relationship about these kinds of things. Like he even kind of dunks on her about like, 
like she she's giving him some advice and he says something about like oh so now i'm i'm uh, going to learn about how to control my emotions from the most volatile person on the ship you can't even control your eyebrows blt yeah. and i feel like that is a remark that coming out of any other character's mouth would get their head chopped off you know right like the batleth would be out and that's a a sign of how how close they really are i think Seska and BLT, lest we forget, were best friends. Besties. And, and her advice to Chakotay at the end of this scene is like, lock it down, dude, because a sloppy Chakotay could be a dead Chakotay if you don't watch out. Yeah. So the Kazan Rolora Maj has another meeting with Kulla and basically big dogs the hell out of him is basically saying like, I have the ships, I have the dudes. Why don't you give me the transporter module and crawl back into the hole you crawled out of? And Kulla uh, does not blink. He takes great umbrage with this. You think I'm a fool. This situation gets more and more tense until Cardassian and Seska suggest they maybe like take a couple hours and cool off before they continue their negotiations. Come on, guys. Nobody wants this. We're supposed to be fucking professionals. He's like, hey, Rolora guy, uh, why don't you go back to your ship with your little adjutant buddy? And and, and we'll talk this over when uh, when everybody's a little bit calmer. Coffee black. Make it yourself. I'm trying to help you see this as an opportunity to grow. Make it yourself. This is a fun version of cutting to the exterior because we go from this Kazon standoff to the Voyager just cruising through space following this. <laughs> This warp signature, when they come across floating debris that is, in fact, the two Kazon that we met in the scene previous. I loved uh, I loved Detective Neelix in this scene. He He's the one that kind of figures out these yeah. dudes didn't fall out of their ship. They were beamed into space. And this was no this was no accident. This was an execution. He says, right. their MO is that they're good. As soon as the Maj was dead, they didn't hesitate. They beamed the other guy into space, because at that point, what's the difference? M.O. is that they're good. Yeah, so there's a McLaughlin group after this. Issue one. And uh, they're, re- they're getting ready to get started, but where the hell is Chakotay? He's never late. And uh, it cuts to him in a bunk bed. Chakotay's Jake the shuttle, and he's got the coil scanner device on board. Yeah. And upon learning this, Captain Janeway is as pissed as a Jean-Luc Picard when a Jake Curlin steals a shuttle. Right. Not a good moment for the captain. Unfortunately, she does not get to talk him through the procedure for not crashing into a planet because he right. he's, he's been gone for a long time. And, Three hours. And there's Three a, hours. a scene where, uh, where Tuvok and Janeway are marching through the hallway and... Janeway is this close to reading Tuvok the riot act. You can really tell that Tuvok is in a lot of trouble. I assure you, Captain, it will not happen again. I want some butts! He really let this one slip and uh, looks really bad. Like, the security procedures don't look good at this point. And Janeway walks out of the scene telling Tuvok that what he needs to do is completely revamp Voyager's security procedures by 10 p.m. that night. And... They've made it to engineering at this point, and BLT is standing there with Tuvok as Janeway storms out, and she, like, can't even make eye contact with him. It's so brutal. All Tuvok has to do is put bike chains on all the shuttles, and it's done. 
<laughs> this doesn't seem like a particularly difficult problem to solve, but still, it should have been done before this. Well, the Jake Curlin incident should have reverberated across Starfleet. Yeah. Do you think that they kept the Jake Curlin incident quiet because it would have been so damaging to Jake's like like Jake had the whole rest of his life ahead of him and yeah. if he if it if it comes out that he's a shuttle thief. It was a definite scandal. Yeah. You got to believe that. So Captain Janeway at the end of the scene is pissed enough to decide to chase down the three-hour head start Chakotay at maximum impulse. (laughs) I guess because do bunk beds not go to warp? I think you got to take a faster shuttle, Chakotay, if that's the thing. (laughs) We get another uh, scene of palace intrigue with Seska and Kala. (laughs) Uh, This is the scene where it becomes clear that Seska is overstepping her authority to Kula's way of thinking. She is... uh, Also, I mean, is it that or is it like the retrograde gender role viewpoint that Kula has? Yeah, well, he's the the Maj, so it's supposed to be him making the calls. And like, she did, she anticipated the call was, let's call these other two sects and get them involved. Yeah. But... She doesn't like that she, she went over his pine cone. <laughs> yeah, Kala only softens when he realizes that her plan was successful and that her secret messages have been responded to and the opportunity to become more powerful is apparent. With, with this much power accruing to him, he can't stay mad. Right. In the Voyager ready room, BLT enters to chat up Janeway, sort of assuming that Chakotay is going to survive this rogue mission he's on, which I thought was a little bit of a leap. (laughs) BLT's like, look, when he gets back, you just got to give him a break. Why don't we deal with getting him back in one piece first? You saw how many times his balls were kicked on the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's clearly outside of his his head right now. You got to, she's campaigning for leniency when it comes to discipline. And Janeway at this point has got to be hanging by a thread mentally because Chakotay has Jake the shuttle, Tuvok has shat the bed on security aboard the ship. Who is her new XO going to be with those two names crossed out? You might argue that it's BLT, but by BLT's campaigning for uh, for leniency against Chakotay, I'm not sure it should be her either. Who's next in line? It's hard to say. I mean, this kind of, it melts... Janeway's heart eventually and I think that Roxanne Dawson's performance in the scene is really great because it's a weird scene like she comes in there to carry water for Chakotay when the captain is peak pissed off about the whole situation she like she did not pick the moment well and and Mm -hmm. her nerves about the situation are really present in the scene in a way that I thought was really great it is just so downplayed the life-threatening situation that that Chakotay's in at this point. I found that the tone of it, the episode just wants you to concentrate on the jangly keys of discipline and ignore that he could die. Right. Until much later in the ep when that's yeah. made clear. I mean, I don't think that they are thinking of it as a suicide mission yet. I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what... It would have felt like if we'd gotten his suicide note now. Now. I agree. That would have been an interesting placement for, for that bois with the message in it. Yeah. The message in a bois, <laughs> as it were. 
<laughs> what we do get is a really nifty scene of Chakotay like activating the caterpillar drive in a shuttle and like <laughs> going in low power mode to try to pick up this the stolen piece of tech yeah. aboard the Kazon ship. I loved also after the last scene with Kala and Seska, like whenever we cut to the control room on the Kazon ship, Seska is clearly running the show. And yeah. it's like Kala doesn't notice that he's taking orders from her at this point. That's the soft power of it's, a Seska, isn't it, it? It's really amazing. It's really yeah. well done. And, and it's very fun that they like figured out how to get those scenes in such close proximity to each other. But her success in freelancing is what begets the longer leash, right? Because at every point, she's going off on her own making decisions that end up being successful, which right. is why in this moment, she's able to jump in front of Kala, scan for the shuttle she, she suspects is there. And then once she picks it up, like she is permitted to remain in a command role as it relates to what's going on here. Yeah, so it seems like Chakotay did not think this was guaranteed to be a suicide mission, which is probably why the Bois wasn't left a lot earlier. The tone of things between Chakotay and Seska that begins here and, and continues throughout the rest of the episode is very cat versus other cat. <laughs> like, her basement is totally flooded by the idea of Chakotay doing this and doing this the way that he's done it. Like, there's a respectful awareness here yeah that that she's got for him and so like he fires the bois when he realizes that the plan has to go like a certain way for him to get out of here scot-free and he was like hoping to show up with his shuttle beam the transporter module onto the shuttle and slip away before they noticed him but they noticed him <laughs> so instead he has to beam aboard the kazon ship they pull the shuttle into their into their bay and I guess he's like, one one question I had was like, wouldn't the shuttle have all of the things that they would need to build a transporter on it? But uh, it's explained later that he's like bricked the shuttle after yeah. beaming off of it. So, so they like board the shuttle, they find nobody there and Chakotay like bursts into the bridge. Find him. I'm right here. And sh shoots the transporter module. He does not put the phaser on wide setting and shoot everyone. He shoots specifically the transporter module. He is on a suicide mission to prevent transporter technology from falling into the hands of the Kazon. So heroic. Really is. And, he, and it looks like he's running full speed and not Star Trek speed <laughs> through the scene. And I like that. I like it too. But, uh, but you know, he winds up eating Seska's clutches. He does that thing that you see in... Uh, cop movies like he kind of flips the phaser around and gives it to seska at the end of this scene right he gives himself over gives himself over and uh this is when the voyager encounters his uh his suicide message saying basically like i went and destroyed the thing if you are receiving this you can rest assured that uh transporter technology is not in their hands i'm sorry i had to do it this way but uh this was my this was my fuck up, and I felt like I had to do it. Anyways, I'm probably dead now. You all just stood by and watched my balls getting kicked on the bridge. There's no way I can come back to work after that. <laughs> There's just no way. Yeah, I can't like issue orders to department heads. No, with a straight face. No, you all watched it happen. You did nothing. 
Tuvok especially. You did nothing, Tuvok. Terrible. How dare you? I've got to get that platinum. Get that low metal argument. I've got to get that platinum. Are you planning a heist? One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen. Because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Gold. On the Kazon ship, it looks like Chakotay's doing a pretty good job of uh, of making it a suicide mission by getting himself roughed up. 
yeah by color who is who's choosing to dole out the the interrogation pressure with his fists yeah, uh, he Chicote refused the enemy's blood cocktail that was offered to him by Seska and is now getting the command codes of Voyager beaten out of him. This scene plays out uh, very stage play-like. There's a lot of unbroken sequences where Martha Hackett walks back and forth between Marks. There's a lot of chewy dialogue here between the two of them. Yeah. This is probably the centerpiece scene of the episode between these two actors. Yeah. And that, you know, at a certain point they start like introducing sodium pentothal. It's not exactly fine cognac, but I've developed a taste for it. And Chicote looks really fucked up. They give him like four lights treatment with the, with the makeup and the blood. And as bad as it is in this scene between Seska and Chicote, she like leaves with one final warning about like, if you think this is bad, you may not give me the command code. But when Kala gets through with you, you'll wish you had. Also unclear is whether or not the Voyager crew are going to go through with the rescue of Chakotay. Like, are they going to take his message for action or not? Yeah. The calculation winds up being one of morale. Yeah. The idea that they can't let the first officer just be lost to the clutches of these space assholes. I wish they made it more about the shuttle. Like, <laughs> look, I respect Chakotay's wishes. I really do. But this would be the second or third shuttle we've lost in a, in a fairly rapid amount of time. And uh, <laughs> there is a... Substantial dollar value attached to it. They actually could have made it that, right? Because they don't know that the shuttle is bricked. No. You know? Yeah. They don't. They could be like, fuck, he took another transporter module over there. That shuttle has one. BLT is super persuasive here about jumping in front of Neelix and making her argument one for morale. She's like, you can't let the first officer die out there. It, it would be worse for us than Neelix is cooking. <laughs> and Neelix is like, yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> the death of a ship's first officer would be piquant. <laughs> and uh, it appears as though this has persuaded Captain Janeway. They set a course for Chakotay's shuttle. So Cull has got the command codes and is now meeting with all of the heads of these Kazon sects, and we get a full-blown second We Kill the Batman scene. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have gathered you, you here for a second one of these scenes. <laughs> We understand from Neelix how unusual it is for all of the uh, Kazon sex to be brought together. <laughs> Usually when the Kazon gather for a sex meeting, it's more discreet. Is it possible the Nistrum have sex? I've never known the Kazon to do sexing like that before. Yeah. Uh, but now their sex are out in the open for everyone to see, and this suggests a, a new kind of sex behavior that not even Neelix who has multiple tax documents folders on his computer full of Kazon sex materials has seen before. It would be tactically unwise to engage them. Then we'll just have to find a way of getting Chakotay out of there without sex. So, so Kala is using his possession of a beat-to-shit Chakotay as kind of a, as a visual aid in this meeting. Like, hey, so I've got this guy. I've got the I've got the command codes. I no longer have the transporter module. That happen, happens to have been broken in an unfortunate vaporization accident. But uh, but we're gonna have the whole damn ship 
we're going to have so much power after this whole thing goes down that uh, you guys are going to, you guys are really going to be loving me. Beat to shit, injected with drugs, Chicote with nothing to lose is my favorite Chicote. <laughs> he fucking rules. Yeah. He's threatening from a position of weakness. He's so free. He says, I'm not really here. And then he, and then he disappears and we're like, what, what the hell just happened? I'm uh, I'm totally buying the uh, Chitonk market here. <laughs> I'm buying shares in Chicote big time. <laughs> Chitonk market? Yeah. Is that a thing? You're gonna you're going long on game Chitonk? I am. And I'm not selling. <laughs> I bought his character for pennies. Yeah. So this presents a problem though to the Voyager, which is that they are showing up to a much bigger group of Kazon ships than they anticipated. Yeah. And uh this this is a big firefight. Yeah, I mean, even when it was one on one, it seemed like the Voyager was kind of fucked up. And for whatever reason, Cullis ship's ability to damage the Voyager has been remedied. So I had that as a thing that was sticking in my craw with this scene and also that BLT is like trying to like the the goal here is we're going to like warp right through these ships we're going to beam Chakotay out and they they scrap that almost immediately and they slow to impulse and then BLT is like trying to beam Chakotay out and she gets a lock and like we're seeing shots of Voyager get hit with phaser fire and we know the shields are up and I'm like, yeah. where, where did the rules about not beaming through shields go? Because I'm assuming both ships are shields up. They get like 98% solid Chakotay back and I'm thinking like, that's enough, right? That's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's plenty of Chakotay for anyone. If you hit the gas... Like, I wonder if there's a limitation to the total amount of pattern needed to complete the beam. Yeah. Because it, the beam sort of reverses in a tantalizing way. He looks almost totally solid when they got him, but they lose him again. Yeah. So, Sasko winds up heading back to the bridge of the ship and leaves Kula and all the other Majas down in their Maj meeting room. Yeah, it seems like there's some hard feelings after uh, all the sex got together. We're losing patience, Color. Some some kinds of sex do you want to do? You want to practice aftercare? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of sex that that are represented in this room, so it might be a good idea for them to just like work with each other and you know try to get to the bottom of some of their differences. They don't get the privacy necessary for that sort of healing because that's when Tuvok beams the entire group of them over to Voyager. Yeah. They couldn't get a lock on uh, on Chakotay, but they get a lock on everyone else. <laughs> they sure do. The command code's gambit does not work, and uh, instead all Majas everywhere wind up on the transporter pad on the Voyager, and they make a, uh, they make a deal. You guys can go if you give us our guy back. Give us our shuttle and throw in Chicote while you're at it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the exchange rate. One shuttle and one officer for five Majas. Really devaluing the Maj market there with his deal. Mm-hmm. But they take it. This isn't an equivalent ball kicking, though, for Kala 
as it was for Chakotay, right? Because we never cut back to Kala after being beamed away, but you know he is eating a lot of shit. Yeah. Can't imagine he stays Maj for much longer after this. No. So the button on the episode is is Janeway has to choose a punishment for for Chakotay, so she puts a a belt, a stick, and a ball-caking machine on the table <laughs> and makes Chicote choose one. It's an interesting scene. Like, he's he's clearly got regurts here and is basically saying, like, um, I made a mistake. I didn't like being in somebody else's ball-kicking machine, so I built my own even bigger <laughs> ball-kicking machine and put myself in it. And, and then Seska gets on the FaceTime and is like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Ball kicking wise. He really has a glorified idea of the size of ball kicking machine necessary to kick himself in the balls. <laughs> they are whispering in this scene, Ben, Chicote and Captain Janeway, and this is something that suggests a romance here. What is yeah. this? There's an intensity to the tension in this scene that is uh, hard to separate from sexual tension. Yeah, and the punishment is he's put on report, whatever that means. Yeah. Doesn't sound bad at all. There's going to be no brig time for yeah. Chicote. And he says, just remind me, how far are we again, uh, from the Federation again? Pretty far? Okay. I'm cool with that. You think they ever put anyone on report when you're a Maquis? <laughs> I doubt it. Well, the, the, uh, the FaceTime with Seska is about her dropping a final stomp on his groin. While you were unconscious, I took the liberty of extracting a sample of your DNA. You're going to be a father. Well, it's actually kind of a, a milking that she's revealed to have done. <laughs> she, yeah. she took his DNA from him. She knocked herself up with Chicote DNA. One of the wildest villain moves of all time. You're in my uterus. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great moment. Yeah. This is a great moment because Chakotay returns to the scene of his ball-kicking crime. <laughs> and there's Seska again with another roll of quarters. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I'd never go to the bridge again if I were Chakotay. <laughs> Definitely does not seem like this is going to be the last we hear of Seska. <laughs> I like how they're setting her up as a, as a going concern. She's really becoming the Ducat of Voyager. That's for later, though, Ben. Did you like this episode? You know, I'm really easy to get along with most of the time. But I don't like bullying. I don't like friends. And I don't like you. I did. I mean, I think that there is a couple of big Star Trek rules that seem to get broken in that in that final battle scene. Yeah. And you got to figure out a way to write around that. Like, in the way that they figured out that he bricked the shuttle so that the... Mm -hmm warp module wouldn't be used or the so that the transporter module wouldn't be useful to the Kazon even if they took the shuttle apart uh you gotta figure out a way that they are doing the transportering despite the shields right. and um i think that maybe like if you're writing a star trek episode you get a budget of one thing that breaks the rules and the transport at warp was already kind of that yeah so maybe they thought like, oh, because they don't do the transport at warp, we can get away with it. But I, I, I don't want to be fixated on that though, right? Because the story is fucking great and it's an exciting and fascinating episode. And it, it makes that like 
dangerous power hunger of the Kazon feel like an even bigger problem. Yeah. And it makes them feel like a threat that we cannot discount. Do you understand what motivates them? Because I wish I had a greater sense of how desperate they were. It seems like they want this tech to exert a greater pressure on the other sects. Right. But when we first met the Kazon, it it felt like they were desperate for resources to survive. And that to me seems like so much stronger of a force to apply to their reasoning. Yeah, I think Neelix said that like some of them are, you know, rich in one thing and poor in another and mm-hmm. that they are all mismatched in that way and like constantly trading or killing yeah. each other for the thing that they need. So, yeah. It does sort of feel like they've been reduced to just being like we want guns and and power guys, yeah. not we need water guys. I guess it would be harder to hate them if they were just we need water guys though. Yeah, I'd feel some empathy for them if that were the case ben i mean much like how you were saying you were distracted by the jangly keys of the breaking of the rules that i was distracted by that too but there was a larger set of jangly keys that distracted me at the very end which was the weak ass punishment that chakotay got i don't know what else janeway could have done here yeah she's really stuck i also don't really feel like it's resolved because it's like they're having the conversation and they get interrupted by the Seska FaceTime. So I feel like the hope I have is that that's something that th- that carries forward and is an think, issue for the rest of the season or for the next several episodes or whatever. One of the factors that stopped shuttles from being stolen off of the Big D was that there's only one Jake Curlin. <laughs> but on the Voyager, there are many Maquis. Yeah. And so... I don't understand how this scandal doesn't embolden more bad behavior. Like Chakotay put himself above the ship and he didn't work together to solve the problem that they had. And when you make the crew pick up your slack in this way, there have got to be consequences. And I think it's a failure of creative thinking to devise a consequence that works in this scene. Yeah. I understand why this was the decision, but with a little more time, I think it could have been more interesting. And I think it's a little bit of a cop-out that Chakotay gets a sub-slap on the wrist. Well, he doesn't really get anything. Like, it's it's just they, they don't even get to that part. His balls are still really rocked, I bet, though. So, yeah. like... Balls-wise, he's not in great shape. Not at all. Well, uh, P1-wise, I think... We are. So why don't we head over uh, to the Jumbotron folder and see what we got waiting in there. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Ben, our first priority one message is from Mike. It's to Arthur message goes like this. I'm hoping this airs during the episode right before your birthday, but this show is very popular. So (laughs) what this theory presupposes is it'll probably be late just in case I'm buying this six months in advance to say happy 40th birthday, you old bastard. (laughs) Love you, buddy. Wow. I think we nailed the date here. Mike uh, Mike got far out enough in front of things to to get the date just right. So happy 40th, Arthur. And good job, Mike. Good job, Mike. Yeah. 
Adam, our next priority one message is from Debbie, parenthetically, Silly Goose. That's to Ben, parenthetically, Bubba Smith. Goes like this. Happy birthday, you old nerd. Thank you for introducing me to this amazing podcast, for going to the Philly live show with me and Alice and Joel, and for being the best big brother slash dad I have. I love you. Ben and Adam, did the Max Fun Drop change to, quote, audience supported from, quote, listener supported because of your, quote, viewers? If so, that's awesome. I don't know why the Max Fun Drop changed, but, uh... I mean, I guess it leaves leaves Max Fun open to do more more kinds of things than just podcasts. I like to think we have that kind of power, mm-hmm. but uh, I know that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, happy birthday to Bubba Smith, yeah. and uh, happy birthday to Arthur. A couple of birthday P1s. Awesome. Love it. Well, if you've got a birthday to celebrate or a message to send of any other kind, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron where you can get on the list, a growing list of Priority One messages, and in doing so, can support the ongoing production of our show. Thank you. Hey, Adam. It's that, Ben. Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda! God, it's so hard to choose between Chakotay and Seska. (laughs) But I think... I think Seska has got to be my drunk Shimoda just because she is ostensibly a prisoner on board that Kazon ship. I don't really understand her relationship with Kala. I mean, why does he need her? I guess she's got great ideas about getting more tech. Yeah. She knows how to fake a Federation transponder signal. She seems like a great big problem for him. But she does not act like she's in danger in any way. Yeah. Uh, because she has all the leverage. And I just love a character with nothing to lose, uh, making choices that are very self-aware yeah. about that. So I, hard hard to choose against Seska for me. She's going to be my drunk Shimoda. I think I'm going to make a Chakotay uh, for mine just for that, that look of concern when uh, he hears that they may... Uh, they may be communicating with the Federation at the beginning. He really looks worried for a second there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great face season for Robert Beltran. Yeah, he's really putting in the face work. That yeah. we, we love to see it. Objection noted. We'll do this without you. Do it. Do it. We also love to see new episodes of Star Trek Voyager, and we love to see the game of buttholes the will of the caretaker determine how we will be reviewing those adam our next episode is season two episode 12 resistance oh geez janeway must escape from a city under siege by the makra a brutal regime determined to crush the growing resistance movement against it wow janeway joins antifa sounds like fun yeah it's been, it feels like it's been a while since she's gotten her hands dirty. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is fun, Adam, is uh, is playing a board game. Do you want to head over to gach.biz slash game and roll a bone? You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Ben, I'm over at the game of buttholes, the will of the caretaker, where our runabout is squatting on square 11. We are on the doorstep 
of a Coco Nono tiki-themed drunk Asodep. That's the only thing in range of us at the moment. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this bone. Roll it. Ben, I've rolled a five. Chula! Did I win? Hardly. Which puts us on square 16. It'll be a regular old episode for us. Still a few other uh, Coco Nono squares on the board for us to hit eventually, but uh, next episode will not be the time. Okay. Well, I'm disappointed, but... uh, I mean, nothing's stopping us. We could just have a tiki drink anyway. I mean, I had a tiki drink while we recorded this episode, so... We do have fresh bottles of pineapple gum syrup. That's true. Um, Wow. Well, uh, that will be the next episode. I'm really looking forward to it. I want to say thank you to everyone who uh, listens to the show, supports the show, either financially or by, uh, you know, leaving a nice review or telling a friend or sending us a nice website with a bunch of incredibly touching messages about what the show means to you. Uh, Whatever kind of support you are able to give, we really, really appreciate it. All the support makes a difference. Thanks. We also gotta thank Bill Tilly, the card daddy, and the director of social media for Uxbridge Shimoda. He uh, runs the at Greatest Trek accounts on Twitter and Instagram and uh, helps us out a ton with this project. And uh, he also makes really funny trading cards about every episode, and you can uh, check those out at the Greatest Trek Twitter. He retweets them every week. I'm looking forward to seeing him at Star Trek Las Vegas, which is this week. Oh, shit. Uh, If you are out at Star Trek Las Vegas, be sure to say hello. Yeah, do that. We're going to be there during the early days of Star Trek Las Vegas. We will not be there over the weekend, but uh, come and say hi to us. I think the plan at this point is to get a uh, pool cabana at the Rio on Thursday the 12th. Come out and say hi and, uh, and meet some other friends at DeSoto out there. It should be a fun time. See what we look like in swim trunks. Oh, yeah. I love that. The music you're hearing right now has been arranged by Dark Materia, and our theme and interstitial music was made by Adam Ragusea, just a great friend of DeSoto, who over the years has made a ton of custom music for us. And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek Voyager and an episode of The Greatest Generation Voyager that is uh, that is also... Uh, a member of hashtag the resistance welcome to the resistance greatest gen maximumfun.org comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported.